0: Welcome to another episode of Two on OSU. The podcast title says it all. I'm Sam Hutchins. I'm joined by Ben Hutchins. And we talk about Oklahoma State sports for sellout crowd. Ben, Oklahoma State, certainly this season, has given us plenty to talk about throughout the weeks. Uh, This team is fascinating. And the Cowboys are coming off a loss that will be much talked about. 45-3, the Cowboys were dismantled in Orlando by UCF. We'll get into all of that. But first, got to talk about the people who, uh, who who allow us to talk about Oklahoma State sports. I want to thank our sponsors, MidFirst Bank, Laser Light Skin Clinic, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, Oklahoma Ford Dealers, and Fire Lake Casino. Major thanks to all those folks, all those businesses that uh, are, are great to us here at 2 on OSU and sell out crowd. And remember, drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford Dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. Ben, the Cowboys have been on a roller coaster, fitting that they were in the land of uh, Walt Disney World. But wow, it, it's been quite a roller coaster. Let's start here. I think this is the one of the most interesting spots to start. Which loss alarms you more, Ben? What's the worst loss? Oklahoma State's decimation against UCF last week or the South Alabama game that's been much maligned? Where do you come out on that? Yeah, don't let the recency bias uh, get to you too much, Sam. I think that South Alabama loss is the worst loss of the season for the Cowboys. I mean, I, the Sun Belt. Um, the, South Alabama is is, is a mid tier team in the Sun Belt right now. They're three and three in that conference and five and five overall. How one of those five wins came in Stillwater—it's—it's it's still a little bit hard to fathom. Okay. I'll I'll go against you on this. I'm I'm going to argue that this loss was actually um, worse, and I guess worse in my mind is more alarming a little bit. I, I think that this loss was worse for the Cowboys, especially looking at what the Cowboys had in front of them. It, it, it's like in the win streak that they had, they'd done all the work to get in the driver's seat, and now the Cowboys have just it not only left the door open—that that's the common way way to describe things—they held the door open and allowed. Teams that were well behind them, OU Kansas State, the Cowboys held the door open and waited for five minutes to let those teams walk in. Um, It's like as soon as the Cowboys got in the driver's seat, they vacated it. So that feels like a, a big loss in terms of there are two teams getting to the Big 12 championship game. Texas has one spot locked up, but it kind of looked like the Cowboys were in great position before this loss to get to the Big 12 championship game for the second time in three years. And now the Cowboys handed everything that they'd earned in this win streak against OU, Kansas State, Kansas, handed it all back to the field. I mean, that's that's fair, but the loss to South Alabama kind of derailed the entire season. Your, your season got capped when you lost to South Alabama. And uh, I understand that the Cowboys were still switching quarterbacks and hadn't figured out a running game. And um, I mean, still though, They'd come off a win against a Power 5 team, Arizona State, and to to lose to South Alabama at home, there's no monsoon, there's no weather to blame. That South Alabama loss was, was terrible in a blowout. OSU got destroyed against South Alabama. I would argue, Sam, that even though the score would tell you the UCF game was a bigger blowout, I think the bigger blowout was South Alabama. Because with the UCF game, I mean, the Cowboys were constantly in the red zone. Just some tip passes, interceptions, and un- an untimely fumble. Those all hurt, but at least the Cowboys were moving the ball and trying to remain competitive. If they go out and uh, score after the after the um, after the fumble early in the second half, that, that game's completely different. But this game against South Alabama felt so one sided the the entire way through. Yeah, you're right about the score. 45 to 3 is worse than 33 to 7. Um but man, I I am telling you. The Cowboys at, at least the South Alabama game there were there was an explanation, right? Ollie Gordon got three carries. Um you didn't you hadn't settled on on one quarterback yet. The, it, it was like uh, the Cowboys we thought that the Cowboys had figured all that out. We thought going into Orlando that the Cowboys were a different team than the team that had lost to South Alabama. Heck all we'd seen this version of the Cowboys do was win, 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 win. They'd, they'd been great against Big 12 opponents and gotten themselves up to 15 in the polls. And then uh, it, according to the College Football Playoff Committee, and now the second the Cowboys start getting a little respect back, you know, they were at the peak of their season going into Orlando. And then they gave it all away. And the, the, the concerning thing about that part, if you're a Cowboys fan, is Alan Bowman played. Ollie Gordon was the primary guy. Um, so, so that's just what's interesting in terms of, you know, down the road, the next two games in a bowl game, or who knows, the Big shell Championship game still on the table, but now we've seen this version of the Cowboys get dismantled, which we hadn't seen before. So far, this version of the Cowboys had been close to perfect, right? They kind of figured it out, made all those changes at Iowa State um, that week and lost a close one there. But since then, the Cowboys had been great. And this is just the first reality check of, wow, you know, if we split the season up into two, two chunks, we're both talking about a defining loss of each chunk. But this is really the first big loss of the Cowboys team that we thought had it all figured out, which raises some questions for me. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the Cowboys bounce back from this loss to UCF. I mean, that was the, that was the talk of all of Bedlam. How are the Cowboys going to bounce back from a win? Well now we're talking about how they're going to bounce back from a a blowout, a, a, a huge defeat. And uh the the last time the Cowboys you know ha- had some had some losses in this season, they didn't bounce back well. Against South Alabama they lost and then the next week uh lost to Iowa State. And after yeah. that Iowa State game was when they sat down and said, "Hey, we need to change some things. We're going to simplify the running scheme, uh make some changes in the secondary, and it really, you know, it, it really helped things out." Um how they responded to this loss against UCF I think is going to be really important. There's only two games left, uh, and they're so called easy ones against these new Big Twelve teams. But we called this UCF game uh, kind of that same thing. So so it's going to be it's going to be vital for the Cowboys' season. Yeah, we were talking about this team's uh, you know postseason odds and and all that, and in terms of getting to the Big Twelve championship game, and we had talked about it in terms of hey the Cowboys. They closed the season with three games against new Big 12 teams. And UCF is the toughest of those three teams. Maybe they're a little better than their record indicates and all that. Um, but you're right. But in terms of you just beat OU, you just beat the Kansas schools. In terms of that, UCF, I mean, UCF's only 5 and 5. Their only other Big 12 win is against Cincinnati. I heard some folks, I mean, covering the game, I heard some UCF fans say this was our first real big 12 win um so you know yeah. i i think that ucf was the toughest of those three teams for the cowboys uh to, you know on on the on the closing stretch but the they saw the light in the tunnel and um they, they just you know they had three hurdles left and they couldn't get couldn't do the first one to uh to really lock up a big 12 uh championship bid we'll see it's still on the table we'll get into that later but ben we need to talk about This game, in terms of the next two games, did the problems you see in Orlando, what were the problems you saw in Orlando? And do you feel like those will continue? Or was this just a fluke in a monsoon game where it snowballed out of the way? Is the snowball going to keep rolling? I think it stops. I mean, it snowed in Orlando. You know, people said there's not a snowball's chance in in, in Orlando that that the Cowboys lose that game. And they did. Um, But I think the snowball stops. This week in Houston, it's it's hot down there as well, and that's because the Cowboys they aren't going to lose the turnover battle as badly as they did last week. For the first time in like six games, the Cowboys lost the turnover battle on this five-game win streak. Sam, they'd been plus eight against the Knights; they were uh, minus three. And you look at the Ollie Gordon fumble as something that that maybe we need to talk about because he's had a couple of those. Uh, it it's his first two career fumbles this season, so. It hasn't been a huge problem, but one is a trend, and or, or one is a, a note, and, and two might be a trend. Um, but the three interceptions are what seriously kind of caught my attention. All tip passes. I, I don't think we can uh, confidently say that, that that's going to continue. It didn't look like Allen's Bowman's decision-making was terrible. Gundy told us today, yes, like the receivers could have helped him out a little bit in those situations. So I, I don't expect the Cowboys to lose the turnover badly. Uh, in the future, yeah. And and gundy said today he when he reviewed the film, he said Bowman probably had one pass that maybe graded out as as an interception or interception potential. And I think that's about right. Um, and and UCF's DBs that that was one of my main takeaways. UCF DBs they got some hands. They could all catch back there. They they made plays off tip passes. Um, so I I agree. I, I don't necessarily see the uh, the turnovers. Being as um, as as predictable, you know, I don't see the Cowboys losing the turnover battle as badly each of, the, each of the next two games. But maybe what should concern Oklahoma State a little bit is finally a team was able to stop Ollie Gordon. And it's not like UCF was supposed to stop Ollie Gordon going in. UCF has a, a bottom 10 FBS rush defense, probably even still. Um, but they certainly did before this game. And uh, Gus Malzon and Mike Gundy both said similar things. UCF didn't really do anything different from the defensive fronts the Cowboys have been seeing the last five games. It was just UCF was able to to beat the Cowboys at the line of scrimmage, and there wasn't a whole lot of running room for Ollie Gordon. So, Ben, could that continue? Could 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 the Cowboys not create huge holes for Ollie Gordon like last week that they've created in the last five weeks? Yeah, it's tough to say because you have to think yourself, well, is the outlier what we saw one game in the rain in Orlando, or is it the last five weeks where the Cowboy offensive line has really taken a step up? And I'm going to say that the outlier is the one game. I do think that the Cowboys will block uh, better than they had in the future. I, I, I mean, PFF, Pro Football Focus had the grade, Sam. It was OSU's fourth worst run blocking game this season. So it wasn't like it was, you know, bottom of the barrel, absolutely terrible, but it, it, it wasn't, it, it was below average run blocking day. The thing that really stuck out to me, Sam, that I don't think anybody is talking about is how Ollie Gordon didn't really help himself out much. He had 1.08 yards after contact on average. That's well below what he's been, uh, the level he's been at on this past streak. The Cowboys have been on, um, against Oklahoma. 2.55 average yards a carry after contact. Cincinnati, 4.72. West Virginia, 6.76. And even the two Kansas games, he was up in the threes. So yeah, Ollie Gordon might not have had the same amount of, of space to run through today or or this week, I should say, but he also didn't really help himself out. And I don't think enough people are talking about that. Sure, sure. That's a good point. And um, it's not, you know, it's it's not out of the question for, for Oklahoma state to, to be whipped on, on the offensive line, you know, coaches have have used that verbiage to describe, especially what happened kind of in the first three weeks. So, um, but, but I, I agree, Ben, if we split this season up into, into two chunks and maybe the, the conference play chunk when the Cowboys have started figuring it out. Um, it, it is hard to say, Hey, you know, the one time that, that the Cowboys were beaten will continue when they have played well in the other five times, but man, um, the Cowboys, if there's ever a time to play Houston, which is maybe the least impressive Big 12 team, um, the, the Cowboys need it next week, which they get. Um, because these next two games suddenly become very, very important uh, in terms of finishing strong and, and, and reaching a Big 12 championship game. Yeah, I mean, it's just, just for what it would mean to the program, uh, to get to the Big 12 championship, it is important. And that's something Mike Gundy told us today. He doesn't even have to remind his players about they know what is on the line here. They know that the B-12 championship is a possibility. Um, and he said it should be motivating for them to, especially those guys who had done it a couple years ago, uh, that game, I mean, what it would mean, I think, to, to have a chance to knock off Texas and in, in send them to the SEC, I, I think it would be super important for the program. And, and the players certainly are aware of it. And Mike Gunny said it should be a motivating factor for them. Maybe the other thing that – I mean, if (laughs) – we kind of boiled Oklahoma State's 45-3 to loss down to three problems. Um, You could have found more if we wanted to. We we just sort of had to to combine some things. But on the defensive side, the Cowboys, it's been a theme of giving up huge plays. And and the Cowboys, they gave up some big plays to receivers and they missed 10 tackles. Um, I'll I'll ask you, but I'll give my opinion too, Ben, in terms of – could the big play bug bite the Cowboy defensive uh, again? But I agreed with with what Mike Gundy said on Monday today is he said, this wasn't so much a schematic bust as just a a bust in terms of players got beat on 50-50 balls. I haven't seen the Cowboys get beat on so many 50-50 balls as uh, as UCF did, as UCF beat them on. Like the first play of the game, um, it it was just one example of like, wow, you know, Cowboys – Brian Nardo had, had a decent coverage on. The, the alignment was there to make a play to force an incompletion, but UCF just came up with – made some plays. Uh, their playmakers made plays. So do you see that continuing, Ben? Yeah, if I'm a defensive coordinator for the Cowboys, I am, I'm more concerned with the coverage busts that we saw against Iowa State, against South Alabama, a little bit of against Kansas. Yeah, a uh, lot against and Kansas. Oh lot Fairchild was running down the field wide open. There wasn't any of that. No, and, and, and that's certainly an encouraging sign. You expect that, I think, as these young guys uh, get exponentially more playing time every single game. So I think that's certainly a positive sign and, and, and leads me to think that uh, there won't be as many you know wide open plays these next two games. But it's certainly not a great sign that the Cowboys weren't coming up with those 50-50 plays just a tad late on a lot of them, like Dylan Smith, that first play of the game you brought up. But I think you expect those to even out, as you do with 50-50 plays. I mean, sometimes those guys are going to make them. UCF has good receivers, Sam. They're talking about both of those guys going to the NFL. So yeah. um, not, every, not every team is going to have those physical wide receivers um, out wide. OSU has a lot of the times had the more physical wide receivers. I don't think that was the case in Orlando. So you expect that to, to relatively even up uh, these last two games. And, and I don't think the coverage busts which were a huge problem earlier, are going to be as much of a factor. Yeah, and R.J. Harvey too. Maybe that's where the missed tackles were from a little bit. R.J. Harvey, the the UCF back, he was a beast. It it was funny. I I was at an Oklahoma State game where running back's name was chanted and it wasn't Ollie Gordon. It was (laughs) R.J. Harvey who who got all the chants and stuff. So, yeah, I, I agree that a lot of that is just, I mean, I hate to say it, but just chalk it up to a good game for UCF. Gus Malzahn. Post game in the locker room, there a clip going around of him saying, we just played our best football of the season. So it did feel like, um, if you want to use the, the perfect storm analogy, the Cowboys were had to play from behind, which they are not built to do. Um, the Cowboys had to play from behind and they caught a UCF team uh, a little bit on a heater. But I, I guess my, my main concern or the biggest thing I learned in Orlando about the Cowboys was that this team is not unstoppable as it's currently constructed. Since the Cowboys had gotten their mojo, since the Cowboys had been feeding Ollie Gordon, since the Cowboys went to Alan Bowman full-time, sure, they they struggled a little bit at first against Iowa State, but other than that, the Cowboys had been unstoppable. They'd climbed to 15 in the polls from a, a, a point where they were terrible. Two and two coming off losses to South Alabama and, and Iowa State. But what I learned is that this current version of the Cowboys team can be exploited too. This version has weaknesses that UCF certainly found. Maybe those weaknesses are just being outplayed. Um, but now that this kind of helps me contextualize what the Cowboys could do in a Big 12 championship game, you know, before I thought, hey, maybe the Cowboys can, can go and beat Texas. They've been playing so great right now. But at least this, this shows me that even this version of the Cowboys is not unbeatable, um, as was obviously the case in Orlando. Yeah, what it taught me Sam is I mean, we can talk all we want about the uh, the simplification along the offensive front, Ollie Gordon, his success through that Bowman, his role as a game manager Leon Johnson, Rashad Owens, we can talk all about that. Nick Martin, the tackles. But what football comes down to is turnovers. And it showed us that even a team which had looked like world beaters like the Cowboys had the last 5 weeks couldn't overcome a three-turnover deficit in Orlando. And it just reminded me, yeah, like, turnovers are the thing that decides football games. Even a great football team like we thought the Cowboys were, maybe not great, maybe that's not the right word, but certainly a good football team, second in the Big 12, can get beat if they turn the ball over. That's that's right. Um, we'll talk more about what the Cowboys need to do in Houston, what's on the table later, but Uh, we wanted to put a bow on the UCF game that has a lot of people scratching their heads. It's just like, wow. I mean, to me, the the ultimate indicator is the Cowboys, the reason we compared these two games in the beginning, UCF to South Alabama, the real common thread was these two teams, they both jumped on the Cowboys really early. And when the Cowboys get jumped on early, when they get down 14 in the first quarter, they're just not the same team. Because the, the Cowboys, when they've been winning, when they've been getting up on teams in the winning streak, leaning on Gordon uh, and and kind of grinding teams down. And it was just a huge flip in the first quarter. You felt like, okay, this game is going to be like the South Alabama game in terms of um, the Cowboys are going to be having to go to sell out defenses, which will allow big plays. The Cowboys are not going to be able to lean on Gordon as heavily. And um, I think, I I guess if I had to put it in one sentence, I'd say this is a good football team. With weaknesses that can allow things to quickly snowball downhill. Um, so, so maybe other good football teams, you know, they're going to be in every game. But I, I still think Oklahoma State is a pretty good football team. I just think that they're exploitable and, and maybe things can get away from them a lot more quickly than uh, than, than some other teams that are good football teams. For sure. Um, ben, while, while I was traveling, you also made it to the basketball game. And... That's kind of a big flip from last week. The football team was coming off a huge win and now lost big. Oklahoma State coming off a surprising loss on the hardwood in their first game. Uh, the Cowboys, they were much better on the on the basketball front this this game on, on Sunday. Yeah, and I think that just shows what a difference it makes having your point guard. I mean, at any level of basketball, uh, it matters when you don't have your point guard. And you can tell when you have shooting guards and... Uh, guys trying to to play that role of playmaker, and it's so vital. Javon Small, of course, the Eastern Carolina transfer, he's back. He didn't play the last. He didn't play in the first game. Um, was still getting through an injury, but he was able to to make a real difference in his d- Cowboy debut. He was six for ten with sixteen points, but gosh, he just made the offense look so much better. It was so much le- less labored. The Cowboys were getting open three pointers, and Sam. They were making them. The Cowboys were making three-pointers, 17 threes, ties a program record uh, from 2019 against Texas Tech. That's that's absurd. I've never seen anything like it, to struggle so much with the three-pointer in the opener and get beat on your own floor by a group of five opponent, and then come back and make a program record 17 threes. It was exactly what the doctor ordered. Yeah, quite a change from the Avalon Christian loss to start the season, so... We'll keep you updated on that team as well. Um, East Carolina, by the way, been top three university color scheme and mascot combo. In my opinion, Javon Smalls, old school. The the East Carolina Pirates with with the purple and yellow that that has like just the amount of high school vibes that I like. (laughs) It it seems a little bush league, but um, you got a pirate with an eye patch that's just glaring at you skull and crossbones, um. Top 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 five, I'd say color scheme, and I can't honestly think of four that I like more than East Carolina. Well, where'd you put the the space uniform? The space uniform that you okay, got to Okay, yeah, Th- those were the alternate, but but those were were really cool, and they had all the graphics and stuff. They had pamphlets printed out for media about all the the symbolic stuff of it. Um, but but it was really cool. Uh, I, I don't know how how much it meant to, to to UCF to play in in that game specifically, but. Yeah, they they really leaned into the space you. When when you got something that cool, you gotta lean into it. So so credit to UCF. Um th- there ain't no in space games. They had a uh, one of those Boston dynamics like robot dogs dancing in the end zone, which kind of is a little freaky. I'd never seen one with my own eyes before. I just seen on on Twitter videos where people say the world is gonna end soon <laughs> with with those dogs. Um but yeah. So I saw one of those dancing with the mascot. They had like aliens in the crowd it was just a cool cool uh place to be so UCF I don't know cool it was weird a little bit with all the rain and stuff it was just a weird game but uh yeah Ben the question we have to wrap it up in the two minute drill and honestly I don't think we'll take two minutes for this one there's not a whole lot to talk about but what's one thing that Oklahoma State did well (laughs) against uh, against UCF can you find one is it that hard We, we figured we'd close on that um, just to rack our minds, it's, it's uh, rack our brains. It's been hard for me to think of one. Yeah. I'm going to use most of my two minutes to, to just think about this one because I'm still trying to come up with it. I don't know. I'm going to give it to Alex Hale, um, the cowboy kicker. He, he, he made a kick, um, over this cowboy winning streak, the five games he'd, he'd missed a kick, uh, I, I think in just about all of those games, but he didn't miss any in bedlam last week. And he, uh, he, he was perfect in Orlando. So good for him. Two good, uh, perfect games in a row. I'll kind of find a way around this question. Cause it is hard to find something they did good. Um, but, but Hudson cock, he, he dropped a punt. He dropped that punt on the snap, but he recovered and, and got it off for the Cowboys. So that was the moment to me. I was up in the press box. It was in, I'm pretty sure like the thick of the monsoon and the Cowboys had to punt. And everyone is thinking he's going to drop this snap. Like it's just in a monsoon. It's, it's a long snap. You can hardly blame him. But he did drop it, but you know, where I thought UCF would would, would block it or, or, or blow him up and, and get the ball, he was able to get it off. So I, I guess I'll go with that, but um there were very, very few bright spots for the Cowboys in uh in in Orlando. You know it's a rough game when both of our like positive takeaways were specialists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I, I was gonna go with um I guess in the locker room after the game, I don't know if this was like something they were coached up to say, or if they actually felt it. But they were like, "Man, vibes in the locker room and halftime were really g were really great." Like, um, a, a couple of players and, and a coach said, "Oh yeah, you know, the the team fought." Um, but you know, I'm, I'm not gonna give it to a, a team that fought when um, UCF was just the better on, on all fronts. So I'll say that. But um, yeah, it's just after a week of of of, uh, of a bedlam win where there was plenty of stuff to pick from the uh was Hyde the bad part of jekyll and Hyde. this was the Hyde week for for the cowboys uh i don't know jekyll sounds more evil so jekyll might be the evil part but whatever it is um this this was not a great showing for the cowboys nope well that'll wrap it up for us here on two on osu we appreciate you listening um we know there are plenty of oklahoma state podcasts out there so we appreciate you uh Taking time to to listen to us while while you do the dishes or uh, mow the lawn or we, we've seen all your comments we've we've seen the comments they're funny yeah. keep it up guys yeah. you oh. you uh, it, maybe it, it's the featured inter- entertainment of the week where you sit down at the fireplace at five o'clock and you are really looking forward to a true <laughs> podcast so if you take our podcast in that way as well much thanks but however you listen um interact with us on, on Twitter or in the comments or like and and really any button you click helps us out so. Thanks for all of that, and we'll be back later in the week to talk about what the Cowboys need to do in Houston to uh, avoid another two-on-OSU two-minute drill segment where Ben and I are searching our, our, our brains for a positive. So thanks for listening. We'll be back.